This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You are listening to Over and Back's Basketball Mysteries of the 1970s. Today's mystery is, what were the most amazing seasons of the 1970s? All right, we are back and we are talking about some of the best individual seasons of the 1970s. And there, we, we've got some good ones here, obviously. Um, a lot of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, as you might expect. <laughs> some Dr. J, of course, but uh, we, we, we obviously wanted to avoid having it be the, the same seasons by the same players because that would get a little boring. So we're going to throw a few uh, different ones here in the mix. Yeah, because if you do, um, we, we ran a quarry on a, a basketball reference, and we did the best uh, 70 seasons by win shares per 48, and I believe Kareem has the top four, um, and then I believe five of the top 10 as well. So that's not very fun or interesting, but uh, so we wanted to mix it up a little bit. Uh, we got one per player. So you'll hear one Kareem season, we think, or, I, I, you know, by our measure, by most measures, one of the best seasons of Kareem's career, if not the best season of, of all time. And then we got a few other people in here as well that we kind of jumped in with just single individual seasons of each of those guys. So it didn't get boring of us going, yeah, Kareem in 73 was good. And then 72, he was also good. And then, oh, wait, in 77, he was good too. So we didn't want to do that because that's no fun. Right. Yes. Um... So we start off with uh, Spencer Haywood in 1970, his rookie season in the ABA with the Denver Rockets, later to become the Nuggets, of course, uh, led the ABA as a rookie, uh, coming out as an underclassman, uh, 30 points per game, 19.5 rebounds per game, uh, 2.216 win shares for 48, uh, 17.1 win shares. All those things led the NBA, again, as a rookie, and he um, and helped lead the team to the uh, playoffs where they'd... Um, uh, where they would um, they would actually lose in the playoffs, like sort of an upset to the Los Angeles Stars, but would still lead them mm-hmm. to 51 wins and um, a a pretty good season before he would uh, leave for the Seattle Supersonics and, and never really quite achieve that same level of success uh, again for whatever reason. Um, he may have taken advantage a little bit of the you know the the weaker competition in the ABA in the earlier years, but uh, for certainly for that one season, one of the uh, one of the great seasons of the decade. Yeah, it's it's pretty startling how big his numbers drop, you know, going into the the NBA. And it's not to say that he wasn't a, a great player even when he went to the NBA. I think he was a you know, four-time All-Star in the NBA. But you look at that first year and you go, man, that guy was just a killer. And, like, he just never quite got there uh, again. You know, I know I think one year in Seattle, uh, maybe 73, he averaged nearly 30 points, I think 29 or something similar to there. So he got very close at times. But, yeah, nothing like that. You know, he was just an absolute world beater uh, that first and only year uh, in the ABA that he came in uh, and won Rookie of the Year and, and and was a big part of that team as well with him and uh, Larry Jones, uh, the Denver uh, Rockets. So before they became the Nuggets and all that other good stuff that we talked about on a previous episode where they moved around and did all that other fun stuff. So, all right, so I'll move to Zelmo Beatty, 1971 Utah Stars. Now, this is actually, surprisingly, you know, if you do the, the Corey that we mentioned, the, the win shares for 48 in the 70s, Zelmo Beatty has your fifth highest single season win shares for 48. Yes, 
for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's and then Zelmo Beatty right after him. And it's his age 31 season, which is interesting because it's such a stark contrast to Spencer Haywood, who we just talked about, who's, you know, a, uh, an underclass rookie who's dominating here. This is, you know, Zelmo Beatty at age 31, where, you know, that's it's not the prime of his career, but he's still putting up this just ungodly great year. Uh, 22.9 points per game, but that really wasn't his, you know, big thing. 15.7 rebounds per game, that's where he really made his mark. Uh, ABA best, 55.5% from the field. Uh, 2.64 win shares per 48, that was best in the ABA. Six 16 win shares, again, best in the ABA, and then a 25.2 PR rating, which, again, was best in the ABA. So just had an awesome year and led them to the championship, led by Zelmo, Coach Bill Sharman, and a veteran squad. The Stars, of course, won the ABA championship against the Kentucky Colonels. Uh, we've talked about that in previous episodes as well. But, yeah, just an unbelievable season for Zelmo, who also is a guy who, if, if a lot of people, and I hope during this entire summer you've, you know, new names have come to you or whatever. He's a guy that, like, the more I look at it, I go, man, this guy was awesome. He was really, really good for a pretty long amount of time as well, and I just don't know that he gets enough credit, likely because of the ABA. Um, but, yeah, just an absolute great season and a great career for Zelmo. Yeah, and he obviously a guy who a very good big man for the to the mid to late 60s. Uh had a career here a year after sitting out a year when he uh, jumped to the um ABA had to sit out a year because of the uh option clause. Yeah, his age 30 season too, which is like you got to imagine that's another really super productive year. I mean, uh, and you look at, you know, <laughs> the prime of your career, that's that's a year season completely lost. Yeah, absolutely. And he um, he said that sitting out that you really helped him physically helped you kind of rest his Which knees. I can see too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, well, because he comes back, he comes back at 31 and has that year that we're talking about. So it's like, oh, OK, like, right. that was nice. Like, yeah. And, and led the stars to the championship as well. Yeah, we, we got yeah. into a lot more with uh, Curtis Harris talking about the uh, stars. But uh, obviously, uh, definitely stand. I, I was I hadn't known at the time that it was the fifth highest single season win just for 48 in the entire decade. I mean, that's, that's obviously pretty impressive. And then, um, next, uh, the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar season that we did pick was the 1972 season where he had a 0.340 winters for 48, a 34.8 points per game at best in the league, 16.6 rebounds, 57% shooting, uh, twenty five point four win shares and twenty nine point <laughs> nine uh, per. So, so is that the is that the best win shares or forty eight season ever? I or? think it is. Okay. Let me let me look it up real quick. I, I am almost positive it is, but let me confirm that. But uh, yeah, that that number is ridiculous. <laughs> like that's just ungodly. Uh, let's see here. I'm I'm almost positive it is, but let me yeah. uh, let me definitely make sure before I sure. I say that for certain. Um. Oh God. Let me. I, let's add the ABA in there. You know, just in case. I only did the NBA. That's not fair. Maybe he's a league two, right? It's not going to matter. It's definitely going to be cream. Yeah. Okay. So he's, yeah, he's number one. Uh, number two is Wilt Chamberlain, uh, 1964. He's at 25. So 0.4 under, uh, and then George Mike in 51 at 23.4. So it's basically those, those two oh, okay. cream and Wilt, 72, 64. That's so far ahead. And then there's Wilt, Kareem, Kareem, Wilt, Wilt, and then Michael Jordan, 1988. So there you go. So yeah, to put the win shares in context, the entire 76ers team, uh, last season in the 2016 season had a little over 17 win shares. So Kareem had 25.4 on his own. So that's uh, right. And that's not like the greatest team to bring. But like if I mean, uh, essentially, they would have been a world better if they just had Kareem play and none of their other players. But yeah, uh, <laughs> maybe it isn't quite like that. But like that. But after no, it does. Yes. No, it absolutely does. Yeah. Yes. Um, five on one Kareem on his own. Uh, you would uh, definitely get, you know, at least, you know, six or seven more wins and, is what I think I unequivocally say right here right now. So and of course, that was the. <laughs> 69 that was the year that the um lakers won 69 games uh had incredible years from wilton weston and, and that team winning 33 games in a row so the bucks actually lost to the uh 
to the Lakers in the in the playoffs, and Kareem did not get his championship. Seventy one was the year that he won the championship, so he, he had an even better season. But for whatever the, the team ran into that Lakers juggernaut and was unable to defend their title, even though probably in any other year the Bucks that Bucks team, which was also historically great, probably would have won the championship. Absolutely. Uh, we'll double dip here in 1972 because we're going to go to Chet Walker, the Chicago Bulls' Chet Walker. Uh, he deserves a lot of credit, so we'll, we'll, we'll double dip that year. Uh, his basic numbers don't jump off the page. You know, 22 points per game, uh, 6.1 rebounds per game, but uh, 2.68 win shares per 48, uh, 14.5 win shares, and 21.8 PR are all great numbers, even though still pretty overshadowed by Kareem. So it's, But, like, you really can't compare anybody to Kareem, especially not that season, which might be, you know, a, a, the greatest season of all time, and we mentioned by win shares it is the greatest season of all time. But uh, that Chet Walker season still very good. Uh, and he's a guy who derived his value from a bunch of different ways as well. You know, a good defender um, on a team that was kind of getting, you know, a little bit of a fire going under them. Uh, of course, in a few years, they would, you know, have a nice little run, never, you know, win a title, but get very close a few times. And then it would all just fall apart into the abyss. But uh, definitely a great season for Chet Walker in 1972 as well. Yeah. And that was the um, that I believe was the was the fifth best um Winters for 48 season in the uh, NBA. So, or, or in the 70s, in the NBA mm-hmm. or the ABA, uh, that entire decade. So, that, yeah, Chet Walker, I mean, I obviously know quite a bit about him from uh, being a great player from the 76ers in the 60s and the Bulls in the early 70s. But that's really a, a, a that was in a, a better season than he generally had. That was obviously a career year for him. But yeah, exactly. for him to be on that list, at, you know, as a guard, usually that those numbers, uh, especially during that era, are dominated by big men. I mean, other than Julius Irving, you know, pretty much everybody in the top 15 uh, is a center. So uh, the fact that he was able to, you know, be, have the fifth best season, according to that metric, is, is pretty, pretty wild. Absolutely. And um, next we have the 73 season, uh, Tiny Archibald with the Kansas City Omaha Kings. Uh, that year, he led the NBA in points, points per game, assists, assists per game, free throws, free throws attempts, field goals, field goals attempted, and minutes played. In fact, his uh, 3,681 minutes are the 13th all-time in a single season. The only player to, other than Will Chamberlain, to accumulate that number of minutes in 80 games or fewer. Um, and the Kings uh, missed the playoffs despite that year, which is amazing <laughs> that, yeah, he could take off and um, uh, and then would lose he- uh, head coach Bob Cousy very soon afterward and uh, would kind of transition to a new era. Um uh, Archibald would get hurt uh, in uh, I think seventy five or seventy six, and he would struggle for a little bit before before catching on with the Celtics in the uh, and helping you know key their early success in the early eighties. Yeah, that uh, that team again. You look at like how, there, there was thirty six and forty six with like that, and that makes you know just how just not very good the rest of the team was, and it really it's not advice. I, I would not advise you to look at their uh, basketball reference page. I, I see why Bob Cousy, Coach Bob Cousy, said you know what you take everything, but uh, you have Sam Lacey, Tom uh, yeah. Van Ardsdale, Nate Williams, Matt Gukas is on there. So not like I mean they're they're names that you've heard of, but like just yeah the 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 wrong combination of like young guy like they were all very young at that point as well. So. Yeah, it, it, they had obviously needed room to grow and um, and weren't a strong team despite having despite having the great Archibald season. And yeah, he's actually the he's often credited as the first uh, to lead the league in points and assists. But actually, Oscar Robertson did so before they sort of changed the calculation later. So Tiny gets the credit for that, but Oscar actually deserves the uh, credit for that. So Curtis <laughs> Harris has pointed that out to us before. So we want to yes, yes, make, yes, make so. sure we uh, keep that one clear. 
So we interrupt this great podcast that you're listening to. My name is Kevin Rayfuse. I'm Tim Tompkins. And I'm Justin Kuzart. And we host the Drive and Dish NBA podcast. We cover every team in the league and a bunch of really fun segments like random NBA player, Drive and Dougal, and hot takes from Reddit. So when you're done listening to this podcast, give us a search on iTunes or whatever podcast streaming app you're listening on. We're also at driveanddishpodcast.com. We are the Drive and Dish NBA podcast. I right, move on to Bob McAdoo, 1975 is for the Buffalo Braves. Uh, 34.5 points per game. He led the NBA, just an incredible uh, point per game number. Uh, 14.1 rebounds per game, 43.2 minutes per game, so he had to play quite a lot. Uh, 17.8 win shares, uh, led the NBA, of course. Uh, then .242 win shares per 48, again, leading the NBA. And it, it, it's kind of interesting, you know, that 34.5 points per game, still to this day, there are only 15 seasons in, in NBA history that have 34 point per game in a season and a lot of those that come you know in in different eras and whatnot but yeah i mean still a super impressive number when we talk about only 15 people of all time having that and uh as far as the buffalo braves uh, they were coached by dr jack ramsey and they had one of the nba's best offenses uh but lost in game seven to the powerful uh, of course uh, washington bullets uh and the bullets as we've mentioned many times in this podcast or in the series as well uh they were upset in the nba finals in four games by rick barry and the golden state warriors so they they, they took the bullets to seven games probably gave them one of their biggest you know maybe it was a foretelling of what was going to come but uh the bolts were an awesome team and then yeah well of course the huge upset in the nba finals but you know buffalo braves with bob mcadoo on the top they they almost they gave him a run for their money they almost beat him yeah and and mcadoo was you know one of the first big men to really be um perimeter oriented in 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 shooting uh i, I somewhat of a, of a proto-dirk i guess um in, in some respects he was undersized as a center but was able to um you know it kind of kind of it took a while to for, for him to sort of find a niche where he would be able to have team success you know putting things around him they, they, they put together a pretty young team they a good young team they had randy smith uh they had um Randy Gregorio, um, Jack Marin, veteran who'd come from Baltimore and uh, Houston, also was there. Uh, so, so they, in, in um, of course, having Jack Ramsey as your coach, they gave them a certainly yeah, helps. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, uh, but yeah, he was he was definitely a different kind of player, um, you know, for the day. Probably would have been a guy who, you know, even in later years would have been um, used even more effectively in more of a in, in more of a modern game. Um, just because you know he he had a shooting range and you know with a three pointer and with a, a style of play that would even you know, favor players like him. You know, uh, thirty years later, he certainly would. You know, forty years later, almost he certainly would have. Um, he excelled then, but I think his you know he would have even had longer lasting success probably in a different situation. Certainly, and he's a guy who I think the, the perception of him gets kind of changed a little bit because a lot of people remember him as like that guy, you know, the really old dude on the Lakers or whatever, whereas, you know, this Buffalo team, he, he came out there. Uh, there was three straight years where he led the NBA in scoring uh, as the leader of, uh, of the Buffalo Braves. I mean, he was their man, and he was uh, on a, a fairly good team as well, but we sort of, I think a lot of people remember him, and rightfully so, when the NBA exploded in popularity as a member of that, you know, early 80s uh, Lakers team and just sort of a guy off the bench and just kind of another weapon for them and not like a leader or an awesome guy. But yeah, he's a, a guy who just had a really really awesome beginning of his career and then just sort of also transitioned into kind of a role player role and did that very quite well as well so yeah yeah he definitely had a good second career with the lakers and really did uh, accomplish quite a bit uh, there as well uh so um 1974 julius irving his first year with the annette um 
He had a 27.4 points per game, led the uh, AB actually down from the prior year, 31.9 points per game, but <laughs> did really well in, in every other respect. Uh, 10.7 rebounds, uh, 5.2 assists, 2.3 steals, 2.4 blocks, 16.5 win shares, which uh, uh, led the ABA, um, 2.33 win shares for 48, and 2.57 PR, all of those led the league. Um, there were only four seasons in NBA ABA history with uh, 25 points per game, 10 rebounds per game, five assists, and two steals. Uh, Irving had three of them, including this one, and the other was George McGinnis in 1975, so who, who he shared the MVP with that year. So um, almost single-handedly led the Nets to the ABA championship that year. They only lost two games in the entire playoffs, and he had just um, an, an incredible season. I think can't remember if it was 74 or 76 but one of those finals he actually led the team in every single ma- major <laughs> category much like lebron did in the uh 2016 finals, actually led both teams in uh those categories uh, irving actually did the same thing in one of those two uh finals runs i'll have to look it up later and see which one it was but i i um but that is something i recently learned which is pretty incredible yeah, just uh, when we say single-handedly, like he was pretty far and away, like the man on that team, and and it's yeah, I mean it's really serving, and it's just an incredible beginning of his career. And I, I found something a little bit earlier today that I, I tweeted out that I loved. That you know he made the All Star team in every single season he played. Uh, that's yeah, that, that one time, not one time where they're like, I don't know about this Julius guy. Like not even the his final season, the beginning, not a single season where he did not make all-star team that's awesome yeah and it took him a little bit you know as a rookie he, he didn't come in with like oh with a whole lot of hype so you know he, he earned it he, he obviously earned the hype right away and obviously stayed with him his entire career you know even it, he had a couple of seasons where he struggled relative to his expectations um in the late 70s but um but he was obviously a great player and a worthy all-star um yeah Certainly a popular player as well. Another thing, too, just not being hurt as well. And, you know, it, like just a remarkably consistent career this entire time. I know breaking news here uh, about our Dr. J uh, reveal that he is very good. But, yeah, no, just I, I thought that was kind of startling because even like you look at like the best of the best guys and even like a Kobe Bryant. I know there was his rookie year. He didn't make the all star team. And sure. I think his second year or his third year or something like that. Like he's a guy who, you know, then he went on a run of like 15. That's one of the NBA's most popular players. And he went out. But Julius never single season did he miss the all star. Yeah. Team or, or, or not make it to the all star game. Uh, team i have no idea if he actually attended the all-star games i i don't care right <laughs> so. yeah even kareem missed a year or two with that so yeah i mean the fact that um yeah Irving was able to um you know be picked for each year obviously says something um let's find out if michael jordan did that's you know that's the barometer for everyone's basketball opinion so let's find out if so we can we can tweet that out and get people mad at us oh, i believe uh, oh man he was injured one year he was injured in um yeah, yeah 85 so damn or 86, I guess. 1995, he did not. I mean, he came back. Half oh, yeah, that's the true. There's that. <laughs> but they probably still would have elected him. OK, well, Michael Jordan made it except for 95. So we'll bring that up because he also lost in the playoffs that year breaking. Yeah, yes. by the way. By the way, uh, <laughs> Jason, as you like to point out, well, one season that I think we should bring up is also Artis Gilmore's uh, 72 season, his rookie season in the ABA. Mm-hmm. Um, 23.8 points for a guy who was supposedly just a defender at the time. Um, 17.8 rebounds, 2.7 assists, five blocks a game uh, with a, uh, a 598 uh, field goal percentage. So not not a terrible game. The line uh, 7.2 <laughs> times a, a game, you know, pretty much everything there. Shooting 64% from the line, that got up to mostly in the 70% for the rest of his career. So he was a pretty good free throw shooter as well. Um, 
so you, you, uh, Gilmore's a guy who, like Kareem, you can you can pick a lot of seasons that stand out to you. Pretty much all of the all five of his ABA seasons are just incredibly awesome. But uh, but his rookie year stands out, particularly the blocks numbers is uh, is pretty incredible. Yeah, and and you'll notice that when we kind of went through all these, there's not a lot of like the late 70s, which is actually pretty interesting that when we did uh, a lot of this research, we found that a lot of the great seasons all kind of happened in the first half of the decade. Like it's really hard to find others. Uh, uh, Bill Walton's 1977 is one that, that that stood out to us that we do, we're going to talk about a little bit, but it kind of dropped off. But you look at like the, the and, and that list that I mentioned, if you do like, you know, win shares per 48 and only the. Um, uh, uh, the 70s, you'll notice that it's just like it, it's remarkable how many of them came. I believe of the top 25, I think two of them maybe came after 1975. It's just it, it, it's it's nuts. That, and both of those are uh, Julius Irving and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, which, again, we didn't want to talk about them again. But uh, just kind of telling, I don't know what the exact reason for that is or, or what that could be, but it was just kind of interesting to see that. That it was, you know, that early part of the decade where we saw these great seasons. And then there wasn't a whole lot of amazing seasons after that. Other than Kareem. Kareem had many of them. But, yeah. You know. and, and we were going to talk about the the parody in the NBA mm-hmm. in, a, in a future show. And that might have just a lot to do with it. Just the way that the stars were distributed. Uh, just the way that the, you know, the, 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 the talent kind of merged. And the, the fact that... Um, you know, some of the strongest players weren't necessarily on the strongest teams at that point either may have had something to do with that. But it, it, yeah. it's an interesting speculation. And there's, of course, a bunch of great names and guys who have had solid Bob Lanier's, uh, Dan Issels, guys we're going to talk about um, in, in future episodes or when we talk about the parody a little bit more. But, yeah, it's just I, I thought that was a very interesting thing that it was just this first half of the decade was all this great, you know, individual seasons. And then it really, really drops off the last half. You know, not that these guys didn't have great seasons, but like we talk about all time, you know, eye popping great seasons. So they're all in the like first half of the 70s. Yeah, absolutely. So. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for checking us out. Hope you are enjoying our basketball mysteries of the 1970s series. Uh, Please let us know if you're into it. Uh, Leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening to your uh, podcast. You can uh, uh, tweet us at uh, Over and Back NBA. Also the same for Facebook at at Over and Back NBA. So uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back again soon. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.